Welcome to Change Nation. I'm Ariane, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing someone who has started dozens of businesses, made millions, inspired many, many other people to do the same, and he's here with us on Change Nation to help you learn some of those insights. So if you've ever wanted to start a business or had sort of that fire in your heart but maybe lacked some of that knowledge, you're certainly in for a treat. My guest is Bernie Dorman. Bernie, what a pleasure to have you on the show. We're glad to be here. Thank so Bernie, you. you talk about something called the entrepreneur age. Do you think we're all entrepreneurs in waiting? Do you think we all have something inside of us? Well, you're um, looking at probably the worst meltdown and recession in the history of modern times. And if we look historically, all the recessions were brought out by the self-employment of those that didn't have work. There wasn't new jobs and there wasn't going to be new jobs. So it actually wasn't the war. Economically, what has brought us back up has been the entrepreneur starting and building uh, new mechanisms. Uh, one of my favorite stories is a fellow that was in a room much like we're in here and he was playing a, a game with his family on a table in the height of the depression with the soup lines and everything in the 20s it was so awful and a friend was coming over regularly and saw him playing this game and said is there any way I could take that and uh, give you money if I can sell it and he said uh, what would you give me for it and they negotiated that he had all the rights for the world for this game for $25 which was a fair amount in the depression but still uh, not a significant sum of money now, he rolled that game up and took it out and sold it to a game company. And that game uh, made him in royalties, which he never paid the inventor of the game anything, uh, a million a year. Back in Depression times, that was like Bill Gates' money. A million a year for the game that he had rolled up called Monopoly and brought it out during the 20s. And so some of the greatest things in the world are coming out right now. Uh, new hybrid fuels, new biotechs, new environmentals, new uh, nanotechnologies, new technologies in general, new novelties like new games. And it's a very exciting time. But the age of the entrepreneur is what we live in. We live in the age of the entrepreneur. And you mentioned the age sort of in, in literal terms. I think entrepreneurs are becoming not only younger and younger, but also older and older. So that range, I mean, kids are inventing things and people who never thought they would work again are inventing things. Yeah, but so is grandma and grandpa. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, we're here, uh, Les Brown and I, who was your guest on the uh, previous show, and we're with the president of the General Assembly of the United Nations. We're having a lunch with a group of ambassadors uh, from all over the world. We're putting in uh, sovereign nation programs, which are programs to develop rapidly the entrepreneurial base in countries so they put on these programs that we provide at CEO Space for various nations and countries ranging from China to Africa. And the result of those programs is uh, that you have a change of employment, a change of tax base, a change of sustainable, viable economics in that community or uh, that group that was uh, able to get those skill sets. And I think the, the missing element of education, we're teaching our children to memorize a bunch of old war dates. I mean, you think about it in reverse. Where did you ever have any training to learn how to own your own broadcast enterprise and start your own uh, broadcast business? No one ever taught that little girl to do that. But here you are doing it in spite of the fact that you were taught to go on a job interview and did anyone ever say 1812, uh, 1492, uh, when was the Magna Carta signed? When was the War of the Roses? 
No one ever asked you that. Uh, no one asked for all 50 state capitals or provinces wherever you live. They didn't come in and say, well, the senior partners have decided to take you on now. Uh, Wyoming, uh, Nebraska, uh, Louisiana. <laughs> I wouldn't do good in that. No, but I'm saying they're still children. These children are learning this today. I had a young child come up to me and he said, but Mr. Dorman, that's why God invented search. They understand yeah. where to get it, but they want to learn how to own their future. They want to own the restaurant, not work in the restaurant, but no one's teaching them how to do that. So financial literacy yeah. education for our children is really uh, important. And then we're, we're working with what we call, as human potentialists, uh, working in the workplace of the largest companies. Uh, we found kind of the, the mother of all virus, if you will, on the human brain. And uh, competitive capitalism, is a failed model. It's a failed model and we've got to retire it to a museum and talk about it like there's a competitive capitalism. They used to do that in the old days. Lots of people died because of it and they had lots of wars. The environment for the earth was crumbling when they used it. Mm. And the new model is cooperative and collaborative capitalism. And cooperative and collaborative capitalism is a different set of rules and it's totally reportable to all of us. It's totally accountable to all of us and it has no secrets where competitive capital is filled with secrets and is operated by greed and avarice and not full partnership for the rest of humanity. So do we want a system that's full partnership for all of humanity? Or do we want a system that will allow 1.3 billion to die to this year? They'll die under the age of 20. And we have plenty of food to feed them. But we'll store it and not give it to them because of competitive principles which are simply inherited and insane. Bernie, for someone who's watching this who has a idea, who wants to be an entrepreneur, how do they start? What, what are, are there rules to being an entrepreneur? Is well, there missing knowledge that they can groups. maybe hear from you? Yeah, two groups. There's a group that's in business and they need to get their brand strategies put together. They're, primarily you exist as a brand and the way your brand is reaching the market is always uh, impotent. In other words, it needs to have a very strong uh, brand strategy. Uh, so most businesses don't have a brand strategy at all. Once they have one, they begin to hyper-grow. And the idea is to put your systems together to be able to never say no to growth and always be able to stay in the hyper-growth space. And that's having better plans, better teams, and the resources to go all the way. It's just those three things. When you start, um, you need to develop a plan first that's sequenced around the brand strategy because that creates a budget. Then you need to implement the funding, the capitalization of the company to take you through the first two years. The notion you can do it without capital in a capitalistic uh, environment and culture that we live in is um, going to cause you more pain and grief. It's like trying to get the bullseye for that little pellet where the slingshot is just hanging. You need to pull that slingshot back with capital to the point that you have the tension and energy to go all the way home to the bullseye. If you do that, you're unstoppable. I do hear that from a lot of entrepreneurs, that money is always the thing that's sort of in the way. Is that a belief? Is, is there any fact in that? Or you just think there's abundance of money for ideas? I look at it as if they're playing a CD. And I always ask the audience, how many uh, songs can you put on a CD? And they can come up with the number that they can put of MP3 files on a CD. Then I ask them if they will take their CD and put it into their DVD Blu-ray player and if it will pull up that fishing pole from DreamWorks. Mm. It won't. Mm. They need a double-sided, double-density Blu-ray disc. Now, how many CDs can you put? How many MP3 files can you put on that? And the answer is thousands. Mm. So you have to take and hit your forehead and unload mm. your CD about business principles and knowledge and capital. When I say 
private placement memorandum and I start to do a 506 or a Regulation A or a 504 uh, private placement, you, you go to a place in your stomach that's uncomfortable because your C drive is accessing no information. You never got anything on the disk. We teach this to high school students. I have nine-year-olds that have raised 150000 in 72 hours, and they're on camera going, it's not hard. It's just all you need is the information. You know, it's so tough to teach the adults, and they're nine. I had a, you know, she's three and a half. She points out I was almost four, but she raised $25,000 in one day, and she, I remember when she was on her knees getting that $25,000 check, and, um, you know, she's uh, president of the company. So what makes the difference between someone who raises that kind of money and someone who's still stuck? Is it Secret all knowledge. Secret knowledge is training yourself. Napoleon Hill said get specialized knowledge in the fields that you're going into and uh, make yourself uh, advanced in that specialized knowledge. If you're going into entrepreneurialism, you need some specialized knowledge and capital, and it's easy to get. It's easy to get. And uh, we provide it for free, so you can get training for free go to CEO Space Success Channel. It broadcasts 24 hours a day, uh, and you won't see a rerun for five years. And it has plenty of capital modules from the best trainers and law firms in the world. And train yourself on capital and learn about capital. We'll be right back. I hope you heard that, CEOSpaceSuccessChannel.com? Dot com. Dot com. We'll be right back. I'm here with Bernie Dorman, uh, really the mentor extraordinaire to entrepreneurs, people starting businesses. So we're tremendously lucky to hear some of his insights and knowledge. Bernie, how many companies did you start and when do you know when it's the right time to start a company? Do you have a process that you put an idea through? Well, in my world, I mean, I've started a lot of companies over my history all over the world, primarily investment banking companies, large investment companies. Um, we've, um, in the last 20 years, helped uh, literally uh, 100,000 businesses all over the world in 140 countries. Our clients include, you know, the Memorex and 3M Corporation and uh, Nokia of Europe and the largest companies in the world come to our program, but so does someone just starting out. A single mom in an apartment. You know, I, I was reading 30 Days and I looked at your whole chapter on demons. And I think a lot of people put off movement into that space of really having their great life because of those four demons. So I highly recommend 30 Days to get rid and purge the demons because the demons are in you. Once you get those demons removed and you've given them uh, a GPS to remove the demons that hold you back forever. I've never seen it more elegantly expressed. And uh, if nothing else in the book, which the whole book is like a sandwich, but the meat and the mayonnaise are really uh, this chapter You're on You're talking to someone who's a demons. vegetarian. Yeah, well I read that as well. <laughs> Saw that, that was one of the adaptations. You, you purged your own demon and yes. became a, a vegetarian. Bernie, what were your de demons? Well, I think the biggest demon for uh, personal growth, when you're working on your personal growth, is uh, betrayal. And having the great betrayals of life. Uh, Les Brown, when he was here, 
said uh, on that final P, when he was going through the different P's that you go through, that life is going to kick you in the butt. And uh, you better land on your back and look up, because if you can look up, you can get up. Uh, Walt Disney said, uh, success is getting up one more time than you're slammed flat to the ground. And I, I really feel that um, those are all wonderful experiences, you know. And I, I'm still back to the toxicity, what I call the toxic soup that we've created in a world that's built on competitive principles. Competition, we used to think, was good. It is not good. It's bad. It's a triangle system of fear and punishment in which everything that's different about us, color, race, beamer, education, your look versus someone that's overweight. And so we will always punish all differences in a competitive system. In a cooperative system, we will always celebrate. And I believe all the businesses and companies we've shown, we can do things in 36 months where we take a school teacher from Tampa, get him with 10 million raised where he has a company that's operating all over the world, uh, an automotive company that has won all the awards and is number one in the automotive space, pet space, toy space, right down the categories of 22 industries. And yes, they learn some principles, but they're operating in a cooperative, collaborative capitalism. They are operating with each other in this whole new world that we're creating with tens of thousands dropping in by the month that are playing in cooperative capitalism. And we're just uh, inventing the new model. And it's such a sweeter model to hand our children so that we can be proud for this global village. The problems are too large in the environment. They're too large in anti-aging and disease and illness. They're too large in the conflict resolution and hunger uh, problems that we have. For any nation to solve that, or three nations or four, we have to have what I call full partnership, truly full partnership, and build the new world that we want to see come about. So we're working on social change at the United Nations and government uh, beltways all over the world. So that's what we're doing. At we our celebrate level. you for that. Yeah. One of the words I, I also saw that you use quite a lot, which is not a word that I've heard um, people use, is this concept of being thrilled by an idea. So something has to thrill you. So. Where, where does the origin of just, you know, where does that come from? People tend to like just go into their head and see a business and it becomes very mental. Thrilling feels like it's from your heart and your passion and like a whole other area. Yeah, I, I don't believe in doing anything commercially at all. In other words, you do nothing for commercial purposes. We can put the fundamentals, the MBA fundamentals around anything that is inside you. The issue is your life is going to go by very quickly. Bucky Fuller said when he was alive, you're struggling, struggling, struggling to make a living and you spend your whole life and you're just so stressed and disease ridden making a living and making sure you're okay and safe in the making of a living. Find out what needs to be done out there. There's so many astronomically important things that will call to you that need to be done where you have a vocar, a calling. Find the thing that calls to you and the living will make you hmm. and allow the living to make you. Your life should thrill you. Life goes by and it's like a flashbulb, and it's gone. While that light is on and we're in our life, your life should thrill you. It should emanate. We all know people that walk in where their lives thrill them light up rooms. It's buoyant. You can feel them when they come in the room. They have a presence. And I'm saying, be with people and surround yourself. You talk about association in 30 days, rightful association. And I'm saying, bring people into your life that are rightful associations, that they're thrilled in their life, and they are so aware of how you're thrilled in yours. And it magnifies the thrill. 
It magnifies the thrill. Stop being around people that will take or consume from you the most important aspect of your life, which is your dreams. You know, I had a single mom, and she came and she said, tell me I should go to CEO Space with these two children, these two little girls. I mean, I, if, I, if I don't get my money back, what do I tell them? And she was so concerned about that. And I said, she's become very wealthy now. And I said, uh, go take those pictures and put them in a drawer. And I said, when they're 50, bring them in and tell them you want them to be just like you are and that they should take their plans, bring it out of the drawer and show them what you wanted to do when you were your time of life and let them see how you gave that up for them and brought them to the age of 50. And now as a grandma checking out, you can show them to stuff their dreams in a side drawer and make sure they're not important until they're dust driven and falling apart with age. Or you can show them that their mom is doing her dreams so they will do theirs and show them how important dreams are. If you do that, your children will always embrace what you do. And if you do the opposite, they will never forgive you. Very true. Bernie, we're going to wrap up the show with a couple of our, what I call our classic signature questions that I ask a lot of people around the show. What is the most difficult change you've been through? What is a change that you weren't quite sure how you were going to get back up? Uh, going to prison. Hmm. And how did you get back up? Well, I made it my monastery. Um, I felt that uh, other people had gone to prison who hadn't done anything wrong. Uh, Nelson Mandela. Uh, Gandhi seven times and uh, I was very centered in the way it happened to me and what was right and what was wrong and I felt a sense of peace about it and I coached people and advised them and made it a monastery a place to get uh, into reading about all faiths and religions a place to teach all we had a lot of Muslims there so I learned a great deal about uh, the Muslim faith and was able to teach in the Muslim community and parenting and, and help uh, many families and uh, as well as Christian families and so forth and Jewish families and it was uh, a time of uh, you know personal growth for me and so I made it something where even even I, when I look back now even the uh, correctional officers would come in and want coaching on their businesses and so I was actually I had lines uh, going down <laughs> to get in for the coaching and that, that was something that was you know I just it was almost like I changed where I was but I didn't change what I did. I think we're going to end on that very inspirational note. Bernie, what a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for all those you inspire. And really thank you for the global and social changes that you're, you're taking on. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to read your book. Absolutely. Thank you very much. So for more information about Bernie, about CEO Space, please go to his website. That's ceospace.net. Um, what was the other website as well? CEO Space Success Channel. Com. Free lessons. Minimize it on your computer and listen while you work online. And one of his programs is coming up in Las Vegas as well in October. So I encourage you to check that out as well. I will be there. Um, hopefully I'll get to meet some of you. And for more interesting, exciting interviews where you can learn all types of different ideas, resources, please visit us on the web at changenation.com. Thanks for listening. Make it a beautiful day.